Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Bridge. So, how's everybody doing today? Good. My name is Alex Busey. I've been serving here for about four years. Um, a little bit about my past is I love youth, um, particularly high school. That is one thing that God's put on my heart as soon as I was saved. Um, I was saved as a senior in high school, and ever since then, um, just being able to work with youth and uh, help high schoolers, it's a feeling that's beyond anything I could ever imagine that anything in this world could ever give me. And I love that God put that on my heart because I truly believe high schoolers is the best age because it's the age before you guys really figure out who you are. You guys are kind of questioning it, whether or not you guys are going to go to college or what direction in your life. And you guys are very real. That's what I love about it. Um, I just see so many guys out here that I've connected with, and um, you guys are just all incredible. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to come up here and teach. Um, So Jackson asked me to teach on work and money. And if some of you guys know me, that is two big areas in my life. Um, I'm the general manager of Culver's of West Melbourne. Um, one of those things is to, uh, one of my jobs is to uh, make sure that not only the restaurant's operating properly, security, stuff like that, but they're profiting. Um, one thing is with numbers, understanding of different costs, food costs, labor, stuff like that. That's one thing I'm in control of to uh, be able to manage. And uh, myself, I love numbers. So um, a little bit of the backstory of my life is I used to buy and sell electronics. Um, would basically flip them on Craigslist and stuff like that, and started kind of a business out of it and was going to open up a pawn shop. Um, During the transition of going into college for business management, um, God opened up a door for me to become a manager. Never really thought about managing a restaurant, um, but when I started coming in the restaurant, realizing how much business is involved with it, understanding costs, and it's like if you purchase something, uh, the business doesn't get that money. There's a hundred different other costs, whether it's the electricity, whether it's food costs, paying the employees and stuff like that, being able to see the breakdowns of all that. So um, when I started working at Culver's, um, it was opening week, and during opening week, it was about 110-hour weeks. When I say 110 hours, it was 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. every single day. No days off. So that went on for an entire week, uh, and it was absolutely crazy. Um, And it grew me a lot, that transition to about 70 hours, 60 hours for about an entire year, and then kind of going a little bit downhill from that. Um, During that time, that transition, I was going to open up my own restaurant, was going to become a franchisee. I had the money, um, was all forward for it. Um, But God kind of put a little... Uh, rock in my way, a little something to just basically told me to not go that direction, and I'm very happy I didn't, but that's something more, a little bit about me and some of my backstory. Um, so anyways, I'm going to be teaching on work and money and the importance of it and how God's perspective is on it. So how many of you guys heard that money is the root of all evil? You guys heard that before? Okay, so if we can all stand up, just stand up really quick, pull out your wallets, your purses, everything you have in there. So all of the cash, just take it out, and I want you guys to throw it up here, because money's evil, right? I'm just kidding. You guys can sit back down. I'm just kidding. No, I don't want your wallet. Whose is it? So yeah, that is a term that is very widely used of money being evil, and I'm sure we've all heard of that before, Um, but see, that is not true at all. 
The reality of it is we need money to be able to live uh, here in West Melbourne and Palm Bay, unless you're a mountain man in Colorado. We need money, whether that's your uh, parents giving you money, whether that's them being at their job, getting an income, or the government, or anything like that. We need money to be able to live. And, and you see, Jesus needed money to live. Um, one of his disciples was someone who managed all of his money, who was Judas, and obviously you guys know the backstory of Judas and the bad stuff that he did, um, but Jesus needed money to be able to carry out his ministry, to be able to evangelize and do the things that he did. Um, so first section I want to teach on is money can't save you. Um, one of the aspects we have of money, of uh, money not being evil, but people look at it like it's something that can um, be just fulfilling in that sense, the love of money. So First uh, Timothy 6.10, if you want to put that up there, it says, for the love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You see, uh, money is not the root of all evil, but the, mon- uh, the love of money is, all- is the root of all evil. Does that make sense? So the reason for that is when we love something, we're basically serving that. We look at that like it's our God. Um, My mouth is getting really dry here. So basically one of the things that I like to uh, visualize it as, how many of you guys have had those little shapes you guys play with as a kid? It's like a triangle and a square, and it has a hole in there. So imagine all of us, we have this unique hole in our heart, like this crazy shape that you can't even imagine. God's the one that put that hole in your heart, and only he can fill it. But see, we'll try to fill it up with other things, whether it be a relationship, whether it be success, whether it be money in this case, but it doesn't fill it. Now, I want to get a little bit off track of that. Money can't fill that void inside of you, and that's one thing that we have to understand because it's completely different than what uh, society views it as. You see, uh, people use the money all the time to use uh, to fill that void, and I mean, it does not work. Um, how many of you guys have heard of Kate Spade? Some of you guys have her accessories and stuff like that. Um, so it was just my wife's birthday, and she got a Kate Spade purse. And it's ungodly amount of money, how much it was, but it makes her happy. So um, I did a little research on Kate Spade. And uh, unfortunately, Kate Spade ended up taking her own life about three years ago. Um, but another fact about her is her net worth was over $200 million dollars. See, that's more money than I could ever imagine to have, but she ended her life. And society says success, money, power, whatever it is. I mean, she had her entire brand, but yet she killed herself. That doesn't make any sense. You see, that's when people who don't believe in God and have God in their lives, it's very confusing for them because that is their God. That is what they strive for is uh, success and money. So when somebody tries to fill it in there, it's not going to get you anywhere And when you have all of that, you don't know where else to turn to. Does that make sense? So, I mean, that's one person out of many uh, famous movie stars and stuff like that who've ended their own lives because they have absolutely everything, yet they're still not happy. So happiness cannot come from money, nor can money save you. Um, So the first notes, if you guys are taking notes, I strongly recommend you guys take notes, whether it's writing down your phones, because I I can't remember an entire teaching if I um, am just listening. Um, the first notes is money or success won't fill the void, but only God can. So I want to move it over to section two. Section two says uh, being rich doesn't make you rich. Um, money is nowhere near everything. 
You see, as I kind of touched on before, money isn't what society views it as. Um, as society views us in our classes, we have lower class, we have middle class, and we have upper class. And it basically kind of distinguishes what kind of person you are, whether your income or uh, your, your title of your job or how far you've come. But God has a completely different outlook of that and a completely different perspective of you than what society has. And just like the times in the Bible, it's so easy to get uh, caught up in all of that and kind of grow with society and have a perspective of what society has because that's what we're used to. That's what we're all around. But God is calling us to kind of separate yourself from that and have a different outlook of it. Um, Again, money is not necessarily a bad thing, um, but love of money can be a bad thing. to be honest with you, if I were to open my own Culver's and have multiple restaurants and be a multi-millionaire, I honestly believe that would be the worst thing for me. Because one of the things I struggle with as it is, is greed and uh, saving money. I mean, you can ask my wife of how stingy I am. Um, so I truly believe if that door uh, was opened up or I actually went through with becoming a franchisee and stuff like that, it would be an absolute curse for me. It would be a very bad thing. Um, That's me in particular. I'm kind of speaking on my own life. Um, But there's many Christians who are uh, incredible people who are very wealthy and they use their money to donate to poor and uh, different outreaches and stuff like that. Money is not a bad thing, but when it becomes our driver, when success becomes the main thing that we're kind of looking for, that's when it becomes dangerous. Does that make sense? So Mark 10, 25, it says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. This is a kind of, uh, it's so difficult to explain whether or not it's uh, the eye of the needle is something to where they used to deliver through the camel. I don't know the exact translation of it, but what this is basically saying is it's very difficult for someone to follow God with money, and I truly agree. I mean, it's like, to me, it would be an unneeded temptation in my own life, and that's something that I wouldn't go for. Um, So what basically I'm trying to tell you guys is you guys aren't defined on your success and how much money you guys have. That's what I'm trying to get at with all of that. So um, for the next notes, if you guys are taking notes, um, it says, be content with what God has given you, or you'll never be. You will never be content. Not everyone is called to be rich. Not everyone is called to be successful and own multiple uh, businesses and stuff like that and be a CEO. That's not all of our callings. Um, but if it is, God has a plan for all of whatever, all those people that has it and whether or not you're following him or not. Um, but God has a plan for you whether or not you become that kind of person. You can just be a teacher or be a custodian or whatever it is that you guys are planning on doing with your lives. I mean, when I was your guys' age... I graduated high school, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, But what I'm trying to say is that is not what's going to define you. And America is extremely bad with that kind of uh, definition because America is all about getting the next best thing and retiring and having a big savings so that you can just spend the rest of your life enjoying your golden years is what they call it. Um, But that's completely unbiblical. We're never called to retire. We're, we're to completely just striving to the end of the race, barely just making it to the finish line. Um, anyways, I'm a little bit off track, but um, not everyone is called to be that. So do not define yourselves by that. Do not identify yourselves by that. Don't look at yourselves like that. God is what, what God tells you you are is what you truly are. And you're, you're loved by him beyond any measure that you could ever explain. And uh, just do not get caught in all that. Does that make sense?
Next session I have for you is generosity. This is the last and final section, um, kind of giving a uh, breakdown of what I've learned in the different uh, important tools or what it is we're supposed to use with that. So um, the first thing I have is be generous with God's money and your time. And I say be generous with God's money and his time because in actuality, it's his money. And it's the time that he gives you. And God calls us to be like managers in the sense of he, he's the owner and we're the ones that are managing whatever money he gives us and whatever time that he gives us because reality of it, he could take us away like that. I mean, we couldn't even make it home tonight if it's up to God. Does that make sense? So the time that he's giving you is something that he's wanting you to invest in different aspects of your life. And uh, it's basically tools to go out and serve others. Um, that's the main purpose of all of it. Um, like I said, Jesus had money and Jesus needed money to be able to fulfill his, uh, obviously Jesus could have done anything he wanted to do, um, but I truly believe the reason why Jesus had a money barrier, money bearer is for someone to be able to have that perspective of what we are to do. It's like God resting on the seventh day. God didn't really need to rest, um, but he kind of did it as an example for us. So um, one of the ways that myself, I'm generous is, uh, first of all, I truly believe in tithing. There's a lot of mixed feelings toward tithing. Uh, there's churches that are split apart because of tithing. Um, I myself tithe, and uh, the reason I'm for tithing is every single time I tithe, it either comes back to me uh, the exact amount or more and stuff like that, and um, it helps out the church. It makes them grow. It makes them be able to uh, pay the workers and stuff like that. Um, but tithing is not a requirement in the New Testament, and that's not something we're forced to do. Um, but it says if we are, we're to give it with a generous heart. And it's kind of like um, God doesn't want us to sit there and pull out our wallet and just like, find God, here's the money, and just not even wanting to give it to him because God wants us to be a generous giver beyond anything else. Um, and that goes with uh, whatever percentage it may be. It may be 5%, 10%, um, but again, it is what he calls you to do. Um, it's not something that you're forced to do, um, but what helps me a lot is to understand and realize that it's not my money to begin with. Uh, it's, it's not anything that I have possession of because, again, it's God's. God's blessed me with the job I have. God's blessed me with the money I have. So it's his ultimately. And when I view it as that, it's kind of a little bit easier to um, do more things uh, as in donations and being generous and stuff like that. Um, one idea that I have is for every dollar bill I get or coins, I'll kind of put it into a container. And then at the end of the year, uh, I like to do something nice like buy uh, food for the Thanksgiving drive we have here every year. There's a lot of different ideas of what you guys can do, um, but I, I truly believe in my own mind there should be some sort of giving back of your money because, again, it is God's. And if you're, you're paycheck to paycheck, there are so many different stories of how people are paycheck to paycheck and they still be able to get by by tithing and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard a lot of stories about that, and maybe some of you guys don't even have jobs yet, but this is kind of be for, for future information when you guys are in the job force and stuff like that. So, um, next verse I have for you is Hebrews 13, 16. And it says, And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with, uh, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And the next thing I have for you guys is talking about your time. Um, time is truly your most valuable asset. We all have it, um, but you can't put a price on time. 
and how we use our time is extremely important. Um, in my own life, uh, when I was working those 110-hour weeks, I think that was extremely excessive to the point where I was neglecting my walk with God. Uh, I wasn't doing small groups. I was in no way being able to go to church. I mean, I was being able to get 15 minutes of devos in, but it was kind of just checking it off. Um, so I truly believed it would have been much better to have um, separation of that, being able to have a balance. And that's one thing God calls us to do is to be able to have a balance on it. Um, God doesn't call us to live in a bunker and just read the Bible for 24 hours a day. He's not calling us to do that. What he's calling us to do is to give him a portion of your time, give your portion of the time to serving others and to be able to uh, express that out and invest that into others. Because ultimately, that's the only purpose of us being here is to help others, to serve others, uh, and to share Jesus Christ with everybody. Does that make sense? Um, so the third notes I have for you, your time and money is God's. Use both to serve others. Uh, and again, that's extremely important. Um, so I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. I don't want to take too much time. So Genesis has some time up here. Um, I'm going to conclude it is money and time is a tool. And God allows us to serve him and fulfill these callings with our lives, with these tools. And they're extremely important. Again, uh, time is... I truly believe is more important than money because uh, you can do so much more with time. Um, money is extremely important as well, but um, how we use our time because we're all using it. Does that make sense? Um, so that's one thing I would definitely pray about. Uh, again, not a lot of you guys are in a job force. You guys are still in high school and you guys might not even have uh, part-time jobs right now. Um, but especially with time, pray and ask God, how can I use my time uh, more efficiently to benefit others? And you guys may be perfect with it. You guys may be uh, doing other things and serving and helping your fellow students out and stuff like that. Um, but I truly believe that there is a lot more growth in my own life, what I could be doing with time. And every single time I pray about it and I ask God, where can I be uh, serving a little bit more? Where are some open doors? There's, there's always things that he just enlightens me with. And at first, it's a little bit discouraging. At first, it's a little bit awkward and you don't wanna have those conversations with people. Um, but I promise once you do, not only does God bless your heart and your feelings and stuff like that, uh, but it's, it's incredible to be able to see the impact that we can have on lives. Someone just as small as me can uh, be able to brighten someone's day with just some kind words and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't want to take any more time. So uh, I want to bring up Genesis. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to teach up here. Hi guys, I'm Genesis, <laughs> if you didn't know me, or Hennessy's. I do speak Spanish, so if you notice an accent, I don't notice it, but if you do, mind your, is uh, mind brain thinking in Spanish. Um, so my first day when I came here, um, Pastor Jackson and Joey, they pulled all the leaders to the side, and they were like, so we're going to launch a new series named This Is The Way. And they were like, Genesis, you don't have to feel obligated to share anything. But if you want to, this is what we have for you. And I was like, okay, I think I can do that. Okay, let's go for it. So I want to do a review of what we went through because I'm wrapping this up, guys. This is the last one. And we study abiding and mind. That was 
be with Jesus. Then we went through body, relationship, and rest. That was becoming like Jesus. And now we are doing what Jesus did. That was work and money, as Alex was speaking about. And now I'm going to be speaking about gospel and hospitality. Um, for me, this is really, really to my heart because this is what I love the most. I love sharing the gospel with others, and I love talking with random people and just being as friendly as I can be. Um, so if you go with me to Mark 16, verse 15, I'm going to start with this verse. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And I wanted to pause here and tell you this. If you forget everything I say from now on, I just want you to remember one sentence. We have been called to follow Jesus and continue his work on this earth. So don't forget that. If you forget everything else, don't forget that, okay? That's Jesus' commandment. Um, what does gospel mean? I bet you guys know this. Yes, yes, it's good news. So gospel means good news. But what good news? The good news of salvation. Um, when I think about this, and when I think about the commandment that Jesus or God left to us, I'm like, And I'm going to go back to when I was probably in high school. I thought, yeah, no, that's for the people that have a ministry, for the pastors, the missionaries. I don't know, anybody but not me. <laughs> I am too young for this. And then God reminded me of Jeremiah. This is like a long time ago. He said the same thing. He said, I'm too young. I cannot do that. And Jesus was like, dude, you're going to go. Don't say you're too young because... Jesus and God need all of us to do this. Imagine if like an old person goes to a young person, they're from different eras, right? And this old person is trying to share the gospel with this young person, but they don't speak the same language. They're not from the same era. God needs every single one of you because every single person needs to know that God is our salvation. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, How can I explain this to them? And I was like, okay, my love language as I give others is to give gifts. And that's one of my main ones. I love doing gifts. First, because I like to give in to others. And second, because it's also fun to do pranks to them with gifts. Um, but <laughs> if you're like me, my favorite part of giving a gift is seeing how they open it, like their faces. If like, if you know the person, you're, you know like their reaction. And if you, they don't have like a good face, you're like, oh, maybe that was not exactly what they wanted. But if you got what they wanted, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I really wanted this, right? So good news is the same thing. The gospel is the same thing. You want them to be like that. You want them to, to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that Jesus died for me. He is my salvation. For him, I am safe. Now, I'm going to go and share with you this story that I am pretty sure you know from the Bible, from maybe Bible study on the Sunday, about a really short dude named Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus was, if you didn't know him, he was a little tiny dude. He was a tax collector. He was rich. Uh, The Bible says that he gave half of his wealth to the poor. But one thing about Zacchaeus is that everybody hated him, right? Because 
of his job and what he did to people, um, nobody liked him. And it also mentions that he was a sinner. So Zacchaeus, he climbed up on a tree because he heard that Jesus was going to walk down his street. And while Jesus was walking down the street, um, he called upon Zacchaeus and said, Hey, Zacchaeus, dude, come down there. I need to speak with you. And I'm staying at your house. And everybody that was around there, they were like, Jesus, to his house? Why? Why him, not me? So Jesus, he replied to them in Luke Luke 19, verse 10. He said, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And here's your answer. Jesus knew who Zacchaeus was. Jesus, he knew everything about him. But what he knew that mattered the most is that he needed salvation. So just as Jesus did, he walked on earth and preached the gospel and shared the salvation news. He wants us to do so. And one of these ways, I'm going to go around and we're going to link it to hospitality. And in 1 Peter's, 4 9 says offer hospitality to one another without grumbling and grumbling means complaining which a lot of us do including myself um and then in hebrews 13 2 says do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by so doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it now, what hospitality means? Hospitality means being friendly and generous behavior towards guests. Um, a lot of people in, people that know more than I do, probably, uh, link hospitality to an expression of love from Jesus, right? Um, and how can I explain this to you guys? When we are taken out of our comfort zone, God do great things. So... Think about this. You come here every single Wednesday night, and you have your friends, right? And you sit next to your friends. But sometimes new people come in, and they sit by themselves. And it's really uncomfortable to be the new person in a place, right? Because you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know anybody, and I don't know what to do. So... I'm going to do this, and I'm going to tell you the story of the first time I came to the harbor. That was probably two months ago. Um, I sat right next to that pole right there, and I was like, man, I really feel uncomfortable. I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Um, fact is, I, I am friendly to a lot of people. I love talking to strangers, but when it comes to like an uncomfortable situation, a new setting, I'm like, please don't look at me. Um, so I sat there, and a girl and her friend came and sat next to me. I was like, oh, now I don't look like the new girl. That's good. <laughs> so everything was great. The service was awesome. And at the end, this girl that was sitting next to me, she was like, hi, my name is Marla. And I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. She's like, you're new, right? And I was like, yes, Hi. <laughs> Just like, I am so happy that you're here. Think about this when you see a new person sitting next to you or like really far away, hiding from everybody else. Because when we do this, we're showing hospitality to them. Um, showing hospitality doesn't have to be hard. I have another story for you guys. 
story time. Um, <laughs> back in college, when I used to go to college, I graduated already. Glory to Jesus. Um, <laughs> I started doing college back in Puerto Rico. And I wanted to do a Bible study. But I didn't know, like, the people. So there was this one time uh, a few students were sharing, the, like, the news of, like, their Bible study. They were like, you should come. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. And as always, I sat in the back. And I was like, let's see how this goes. And the fun thing is not only that they were sharing the gospel. They were not sharing only the word. At the end, they were like, hi, our name is yada, yada, yada. And at the end, they were like, we're going to have dinner for you guys. It's free. And we do it every Wednesday. And I was like, what? You guys offer free food. Plus, you share the Bible. This is win-win. Because, you know, college students were broke. If you didn't know that. So every Wednesday, they share a meal and the gospel. And they took this as an opportunity. And you can do this, too, in your own school or in your own job. I don't know what you do in your life, but you can do this every single day of your life. Now, I'm going to give you four things, four practices to share with you guys. A few ways that you can share the gospel and share hospitality with others. Um, the first one is inviting someone you don't know for a meal or a coffee. Because isn't it great to have, I don't know, Starbucks or, I don't know, whichever coffee is your favorite with somebody, right? This is like a breaking point. Like, you can sit with somebody and be like, do you want coffee? And they're going to be like, yes. Carol Macchiato, please. And you can share the gospel. You can break the ice just by sharing a meal or a coffee with somebody. You can invite somebody to the bridge. And that one may take you a little bit, you know, because you're, like, trying the terrain. You don't know them. You don't know what they believe in. But what is the worst thing that they can do, right? Say no. You try again. <laughs> Be bold. Uh, the third one is sitting down with a new kid during lunch. And this one, I was thinking... Maybe you go to a school that a lot of people don't come in the middle of the semester. I was that kid. I went to school in the middle of the semester. It was terrible. Uh, but I got friends like, like that. Um, so if you're that person, if you're bold, if you're feeling like, okay, I'm going to take the challenge. I can do this. I can do this. Um, you can sit down to that person and be like, hey, can you have lunch with you? They're going to be like, Okay. And you can start being their friends and like, then you can combine it and be like, hey, so I go to this group named The Bridge. It's really cool. My pastor is rad. You should come with me. <laughs> um, and the worst thing that they're going to say is no, right? But you can keep trying. Now, the last one is be welcoming to those that are new to The Bridge. And that I already mentioned. You can even combine this. You know, invite them for a coffee and then be like, hey, you want to come to the bridge with me? Yes. Um, so these are the four ways that you can be showing hospitalities in the gospel with others. Remember the, that God is going to take you out of your comfort zone, like me right now, here, out of my comfort zone. I love you guys a lot. I prefer talking one-on-one -on -one with you guys. But being here, out of my comfort zone. He's going to do that to you guys. But we need to be those that are bold enough to do 
what he wants us to do. We have to be those that are like boldly doing what he called us to do, that is sharing the gospel and his love with others. And that's it. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to learn more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.